What does the phrase, it's never too late, really mean? My name is TK, and in this series, I'm hoping to shed light on how individuals rise above, own their realities, and overcome obstacles. Have you ever asked yourself, why is it that people are not able to look past mistakes despite witnessing one's emotional pain? This season, I'll be interviewing individuals in different areas and industries to explore their sometimes controversial views and why they feel it's never too late to change, follow their dreams, and walk in purpose. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Back and Forth TV podcast where we believe that it's never too late. I'm your girl, TK. Um, as you can see, the surroundings are a little bit different today. Um, I'm actually doing this from my home. As you probably are aware, you know, different parts of the country, there's just bad weather everywhere. And I didn't want to risk getting stuck or risk, you know, production getting stuck, none of that. So we're doing it from home today. Um, so thank you all for hanging in there. Um, this tonight's topic is going to be called straightforward. So I'm excited to talk about that and dive into that with our guest tonight, Elder Darius Peterson. So I'm excited to get there. Um, really quick, I just want to do a quick shout out to Sankofa Athletics, the sponsor of today's show. And we'll talk about them in just a little bit. But thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Um, this podcast, it does stream on all major platforms. Um, so Google, Apple, Spotify, whatever it is that you use, just make sure that you search and make sure that you subscribe to it. Make sure that you rate and review the podcast as well, because it does make it more discoverable. And we want to make sure that we get the message to as many people as we possibly can, because we're only talking about positive things here, baby, and it's only going to you know better your life. So we want to make sure that we're sharing the message. Also, make sure that you like and follow the, the show on social media because that's what you should be doing. You're not going to be up to what's going on if you're not following on social media. So make sure that you follow Back and Forth TV on um, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. The handle is just Back and Forth TV. Just search for those things. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe. Make sure that you share. And then also make sure that you are following the show on YouTube and that you're subscribed to that because... Um, when we um, record the show, the videos, all of the um, the actual videos of the show get posted to YouTube and you'll be able to watch it. You know, if you're not subscribed to Patreon or you miss whatever live events we have, you can always catch it on YouTube every Friday. Um, please sign up for Patreon as well. Um, by signing up for Patreon, you can literally subscribe for as low as like three bucks a month. You get discounts on merchandise. You get access to the live show. You can ask questions in the live show. Um, which is pretty cool. And then sometimes we're going to be doing certain events that are specifically for Patreon members. And so we don't want you to miss out. So make sure you subscribe to Patreon. None of that money gets pocketed. It all goes to support the show because honestly, running a podcast at the level of professionalism that we do it, you know, it's definitely not cheap. And so none of that gets pocketed. It goes literally just to support the podcast and keep us doing what we're doing. So make sure you subscribe to Patreon. If you do do that, the show goes on air 6 to 7 p.m. Um, every single Wednesday, and that's Mountain Standard Time. So you do the math if you're in a different time zone. I don't know what it is, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, so for Patreon members, it's every Wednesday. For all of the extended family members, all of you that are not subscribed to Patreon, you can still catch the show. Um, it'll be dropping every Friday um, on all streaming platforms, and then it'll be on YouTube like later in the day on Friday, so... Um, so that's pretty much that. And then also shout out to level four studios. Like, um, they pretty much produce my entire podcast. <laughs> and even though that we're doing this from home, they still set this up for us, um, you know, to be able to continue to do the podcast, you know, today, even though the weather is bad, um, they have a really amazing, amazing studio. Have you seen any of my other podcasts? Like just the whole setup, the sound, like everything they do for me, the videography, you know, photo shoots, whatever it is that you need. Um, you can reach out to them and they'd be happy to work for you. Um, so yeah, shout out to Level 4 Studio. Now today's topic is straightforward. And again, welcome to the show, Elder Darius Peterson. Can you hear me? I can't. Yes, you. I can. Okay, perfect. <laughs> awesome. Um, 
So before we jump in, I just want to read a little bit about you and let these listeners and viewers know who you are. Um, so Elder Debrius Peterson, a Bainbridge, Georgia native, was born on January 15th, 1996. He accepted the Lord and received the Holy Spirit at the mere age of seven. After the demise of his grandmother, who was very influential in his foundation and holiness, he submitted to the will of God for his life. Elder Peterson preached his initial sermon and was licensed as a minister in 2009. He was later ordained as an elder of the Church of God in Christ under the leadership of the late Bishop Roosevelt Dunn. The hand of God is evident upon his life and ministry. He received ministerial training under the leadership of Bishop Kelvin Wells and Bishop James E. Hamilton. He has also served in various capacities in ministry, ranging from Minister of Music, Senior Associate Minister, and Church Administrator. Elder Peterson is well-rounded in all aspects of ministry, as led by the Holy Spirit. He is truly God's handcrafted instrument who has a love for people and the Word of God. Elder Peterson is a graduate of Bainbridge High School and has matriculated to attain a Bachelor of Science in Secondary Education and History and a Master's Degree of Education Administration and Supervision and is currently a doctoral student pursuing um, a doctorate in Educational Leadership. Elder Peterson currently serves professionally as a middle school teacher. He is married to his high school sweetheart, Lady Tina Jeffrey Peterson, and although they share one gift, Mariah Gray excuse me, and together they share one gift, Mariah Grace Peterson. He is indeed a teacher, mentor, motivator, and innovator, but primarily a man after God's heart. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. had all the education under your belt. Look at you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, most definitely. Uh, gotta, gotta get it done. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, so before we jump in, I always like to, you know, let people know something a little fun about you. Um, so we always start with the icebreakers. So I have a couple questions for you. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm, what is the best piece of advice that I've ever been given? Mm -hmm. um, time is money. You know, <laughs> like, you know, you only get a little bit of it. Do what you can with it. You know, time is money. I would say that's the best piece of advice that I've been given. True. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Um, I think the best piece of advice I got was to mind the business that pays me. That part. Also, if you could have an unlimited ply, a supply of one thing, what would it be? Mm. Ooh, that's a, almost a deep question, TK. My goodness. Uh, uh, what would that be? Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Um, I, I just said time is money. I mean, I don't feel like I have enough of that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, good vibes, I guess. Like, you know, uh -huh. just... Yeah. just yeah, that is kind of a hard question. Yeah. I'm somewhere between money and snacks. Like I have to have snacks. Mm. You can never have enough snacks. It makes me, you know, keeps me sane throughout the day if I got a little something to munch on. <laughs> Doesn't help keep the weight off. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. I don't think I need any more snacks right about now, but you know, <laughs> it's it's quarantine fifteen. You know, don't don't nobody care. You better get those snacks while you're young, where you can't eat that stuff. Anyway, um, so before we jump in, though, um, really quick, I just want to give you know quick shout out to the sponsor of the show, um, and that is Sankofa Athletics. So, Sankofa Athletic Apparel is an athleisure wear and accessories company that provides thoughtfully designed, high quality pieces that are unique and sustainably sourced. Each piece is designed in the U.S. And it comes directly from their factory in the Middle East to ensure that each handcrafted piece is made from only the best textiles, fabric, and raw materials. And y'all, let me tell you, I actually received mine in the mail today, and it is amazing. The, the fabric on it is amazing. It's definitely not cheap. It's not polyester. It's not rayon. It's not going to melt when you put it in the dryer. Um, it is amazing. And the coolest thing about um, this at Leisure Wear is it has African print. And it's in the hoodie, on the sleeves. Like, it's really, really cool. 
Um, and not only can you wear it to the gym, but I could literally throw this outfit on with a pair of heels, go out to dinner with my girlfriends or, you know, go on a date and then come straight to the gym, just pop on my sneakers and I'm ready to work out. So make sure, you know, you roll out in style by shopping St. Cove Athletics. It's a socially and environmentally conscious clothing brand that strives to be all inclusive for all genders. Um, so for men and for women, they make clothes for both. So shop Sankofa Athletics and don't go there any empty handed. Use our promo code. Um, shop, go to Sankofa, that's S-A-N-K as in kite, O-F-A, athletics.com slash B-F-T-V 15. Okay. That's B as in boy, F as in Frank, TV 15. Use our promo code today and support this black owned business. Like I said, what they, what they do is amazing the whole African print, the design aesthetic, and it's definitely not some cheap material. So you're definitely getting your money's worth. So make sure you shop there. All right. And back to regular scheduled programming. <laughs> awesome. So Elder Peterson, um, I must say you are probably the youngest person I've ever met in ministry in my entire life. I remember when I first wow. met you mm -hmm. and I thought you were older than me, honestly, just because of your maturity and how you handle yourself. Not because you looked older, it's just your maturity. I thought you were older than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, often. Say it again, I'm sorry. I, said I get that often. Yeah, I can I can see that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and most, you know, young people, you know, at your age, you know, they're out here living life how they want to live it and you know, so for me, tell me what, how do you continually to commit yourself to God's work every single day? Well, um, thank you again for the invitation to come on. And, and so um, I'm happy to engage in this dialogue with you and um, to see just, you know, what, what comes out of this conversation. So again, thank you for having me on. And um, I would say, a number of things inspire me, you know, motivate me. But, um, you know, like you said, I do have options. I could be doing other things um, as a young man, uh, but I choose to serve God and I choose to um, live in this way. Uh, and the thing that motivates me to stay committed to that is seeing the power of transformation, uh, seeing the lives of others impacted by the way that I live, um, by the way that I um carry myself and, you know, have the opportunity to minister to others. And, and more than anything, uh, just having the the opportunity to be God's representative in the earth, to say that I, I represent the kingdom of God, uh, that's pretty big to me. And so uh, that's, that's my motivation to really see uh, transformation take place in the lives of individuals, you know, from, from all parts of the earth, you know, um, just seeing and, and witnessing those testimonies of, you know, um, you prayed for me or, you know, you said this and or, you know, you sang this or any, anything, you know, that the Lord would allow me to do. And, and seeing that people are encouraged by that, that people are transformed by that, that their lives um, literally take on a different direction. Um, that inspires me and, and, it, and it motivates me to continue. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Now tell me, um, so I, you know, in the bio, I kind of mentioned that you were saved at the age of seven. Now, me personally at the age of seven, I'm just trying to watch, you know, my little cartoons, Power Rangers and things like that. <laughs> I'm not thinking about, you know, getting saved in Jesus and all this stuff, even though I was raised in the church. Um, but, you know, how did you get your start in the ministry, especially at such a young age? Yeah. Um, excellent question. You know, to care when I really think about it, um, I, I know, you know, that that's common for, for children not to even really be thinking about salvation at that age. But I, I tell people all the time, I really believe the Lord had my grandmother on um, a strategic plan, you know, concerning me in that um, I was always in church, always, I mean, always in church. Uh, we lived in such a way that, um, you know, of course, we ascribe to the holiness and Pentecostal doctrine. Uh, and in that day and time, um, it was very strict, very stringent. There were just certain things that we did not do, um, certain things that we 
you know, just didn't wear. It was very, very, very somewhat legalistic, you know, and uh, there were just some things we didn't do. And so I lived in a household with my grandmother um, who was very strict. She was, you know, like old school strict, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, she, you know, she, she just didn't allow me to do certain things. And um, as a result of that, um, I wasn't exposed to a lot of things. So church was all I knew. You know, other children probably had options. I didn't have, you know, too many options. So, I mean, it was literally prayer and Bible band, Bible study, Sunday school, <laughs> Sunday night service, you know, Friday night service, Saturday, uh-huh. you know, just, it was always church. That was all we did. And so um, from that, I developed a love for God in that because I saw the way that my grandmother fasted and prayed and, you know, um, how she carried herself and how the Lord blessed her life. And so for me, um, my grandmother instilled in me uh, two facets of ministry. And and I'm saying this because there's a difference between preaching and ministry. And so for me, how did I get my start in ministry? Uh, It was from my grandmother. Um, She taught me how to serve. She taught me how to love God and how to love God's people. And so not only God's people, but people in general you know, how to be that light that we um, say that we are. And so um, just her tutelage, her wisdom, her knowledge, uh, what the Lord used her to impart into me kind of gave me my start. It gave me my foundation in ministry. And so with her developing that that discipline in me um, at a young age, I, I think you've heard me testify that I was fasting from TV. Um, fasting from fruit snacks, fasting from, you know, like I was doing those things as a child because that's just what she put in me. Um, And and it was a discipline that she was instilling in me. So uh, when it comes to ministry, loving God and loving people, uh, that's how I got my start, serving people, serving God, serving people. Um, And from there, growing in my relationship with God, uh, and and bec- becoming closer to the Father, of course, has catapulted me into other areas of ministry, such as preaching and teaching, and um, you know, um, in building ministry, should I say? Um, but that that's the foundation of it. Just you know, my grandmother and her tutelage, her her wisdom, that impartation that she gave me as a child. Um, that's really good. Um, and and given that you said that, um. What I want to ask you is, is how did you know your relationship with God was real, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm asking this, you know, just as an example, um, in Sunday school, I think I was probably a preteen or a teenager. And my mother, she was a Sunday school teacher. And mm-hmm. we had this particular student in the class who was also a preacher's son. And so I remember my mother asking a question to the class, you know, how do you know you're going to heaven? And so he kind of mentioned well, you know, my, my dad's a pastor, you know, so because, you know, they're saved and all that, I'm going to heaven, you know, so he was kind of living off the extension of his, of his parents, you know, him having preachers, you know, as parents. Um, So for you, I mean, it could be easy to just, you know, say like this, a similar situation since you grew up with your grandmother and she really instilled those things. You, you could easily have done the same thing, but can you just share an example of how you knew your relationship was real? Um, I would say, you know, what a great question, number one. But I would say that that the way that I knew that my relationship with, with God was real was when I loved God because it was something that I wanted. You know, um, when when reading the word didn't become um, a task for me to do, but it became a part of who I was when I had that intrinsic motivation, the motivation from within to say, you know what? I want to go and pray. I want to go and read the word. I want to spend time with the father. And so um, that was my, that was my reassurance um, that again, it wasn't something that I was being made to do, but it was something that I desired to do. Um, And so um, that proved that, that I, that I love the Lord. Um, because it was it was something that I longed for to be in his presence and to to pray and to to hear his voice or to have him impart something into my spirit was something that I wanted. And so um, when when you crave that relationship, that's how, you know, when when, when you say, you know what, forsaken all all other things, 
I just want, I just want Jesus. I just want God. And so um, that's how, you know, that's how you know that it, it's not motivated from, you know, you know, um, credibility with mom or dad or whoever. Um, my grandmother today, I give, I give credit to her um, for laying the foundation, uh, but she's not the reason I'm saved. Um, she's not the reason that I love the Lord the way that I do. Um, I give credit to her for, of course, instilling that discipline in me. But um, I love God for myself and I have a relationship with him for myself. And that's how, you know, um, again, when it's when that's your appetite, when you have an appetite for the word, you have an appetite for prayer, have an appetite for his presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a good thing. So. um back when you were here and you were you were talking in our congregation i vividly remember you talking about just you like your upbringing and things like that and i know that you were primarily raised by your grandmother and then mm -hmm. she passes away and all that's taken from you mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit about what that experience was like um for you and then you know what how did you overcome and then also, how did you maintain faith during this time? Because, I mean, I feel like you could have easily, like, thrown in the towel, given up on ministry altogether. You know, how did you move straight forward, as our bishop would say? <laughs> well, you know, um, wow. You know, now that I think back on it, um, had it not been for my foundation, had it not been for God, I, I don't know that I would have would have made it. Um, of course, you know, like you said, um, my upbringing was not one that, you know, was glitz and glamour. I give glory to God for my grandmother. Um, but when she passed away, um, all of that was kind of thrown out of the window. My grandmother was um, our rock. She was my rock. She was my sense of stability. And so when she passed, um, all of that was gone. Um, I uh, was raised without a father, um, so I suffered from father absence. Um, I was raised or thrown into being raised by a parent with an addiction. Uh, and so she, of course, had me pregnant by me or pregnant by my father um, while she was in high school. And so she had one other child. So I was the second child born in high school. And so um, I was born into brokenness. I was born into um, rebellion. You know, I was born into just a bad situation overall. And so my my mother was young. Um, my mother was um, still trying to find herself as a young woman. She wasn't prepared to be a mother. So which is why my grandmother took on the responsibility of raising me. And so from that, um, I dealt with a growing mother. I dealt with one who was still trying to find herself, find out who she was in the midst of trying to raise children. And so um, how did I get through that? Um, it was through prayer. Um, it was through my relationship with God. Um, there was a, a season where when I was living with my mother, I couldn't go to church. Um, she was bitter towards God. She was bitter towards the church. And uh, it was just not a priority for her. And so during that season of my life, I couldn't I couldn't go hear a sermon. I couldn't go into someone's church and, and sit for two or three hours. And, you know, I, I just didn't have access to that. Um, and so it took me reading the word for myself, memorizing scripture, worshiping for myself for the longest I can remember, um, you know, because I wasn't permitted to go to church. I could. Um, turn on the radio station and hear the old hymns of the church, you know, and hear um, music that was contrary to my culture. Um, but I came to love it. And I think you witnessed that. Um, you know, I, I came to love um, other genres of music uh, because I, that was all I had. And so I got through that, uh, that season of my life uh, by simply prayer and worship and the study of God's word and just really drawing near to the Father. Um, you talk about difficult, definitely a difficult time as a child and you don't have an option. You know, you just kind of deal with whatever you're given. You have to persevere. You don't really have many options. But I'm grateful to God that through that um, I didn't come out as a victim, um, yet I came out as a victor. And so my story is one that I'm unashamed of. Uh, you're looking at someone who was raised by community. 
Um, I've lived in as many homes as you probably have in your neighborhood. Um, I've been homeless. I've, you know, um, gone without food for days at a time. Um, I've taken food from the cafeteria because we didn't have food at home. Um, I've lived in shelters. I've lived in trap houses. You name it. I've pretty much been through that. And uh, what kept me during that time was the word of God, was what my grandmother instilled in me, the teachings that I heard as a child um, and and the community, if I can say that. Um, the community encouraged me a lot because there would be times where uh, people who knew my grandmother would encourage me. They would pat me on my back and say, good job, Darius, you know, keep, keep it up. They knew what I was dealing with at home, um, but they kept me motivated and uh, they encouraged me throughout that whole process. And then one day the Lord delivered me. He allowed me to become adopted. And um, I tell you, and, and we'll get to that, but um, I, I've just been, I've been tremendously blessed, but what has kept me, what has been my, my um, guiding light has been my relationship with God um, and just, you know, being encouraged by the community. And, and that is so good. Just in that little tiny bit that she shared right there, I feel like it's a whole message. And even in today's time, because right now we can't go to church. I mean, you can, but it's a risk. But for a long time, we couldn't go to the house of God. We couldn't worship or hear sermons. So, you know, right now it's really based on your relationship, you know, with God and you're praying and you're getting into the word and things like that. And I do feel like a lot of people are hungry for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I think what's come out of this is that, you know, a lot of people are now willing to and searching for alternative ways to get what they need, right. um, you know, outside of just coming to the church door. So I, I think that's amazing. And again, I said in itself, I felt like that was kind of a message. <laughs> um, so, you know, going through, you know, what you've gone through, I mean, I think it's easy to have resentment towards, mm-hmm. you know, people in your life that have caused you like this type of pain. I mean, being homeless as a child, not having food, things like that, like that is, you know, a very harsh situation for a child to go through. Um, So how do you, how are you able to heal and forgive? How do you feel like God led you through that? Right. So um, good, good question. I think that for me, you know, um, one of the things that liberated me, and I can't remember which Tyler Perry movie this was, but I remember, being a sophomore in high school and watching one of those movies and Tyler Perry basically said that, you know, like you're walking around with unforgiveness, people are living, you're living their lives, you know, um, you're bound um, and you're, you're worried about what someone did to you. And those people are roaming free. And I rewound that particular, you know, part of that. I think it was a stage play. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was either a movie or a stage play, but, uh, and it could have been both because, you know, he does the play and then he does the movie. But um, in that that particular production, that statement um, meant so much to me. Um, and I continued to play it over and over and over again. And it got to the pl- to the point for me where I was in church, I was saved, preaching, you know, singing Darius, but I was bitter and I was, you know, I was mad, you know, I was, I was broken still um, as a boy. And, you know, in that, in that moment um, of hearing that statement from Tyler Perry, um, it freed me. It did. And um, it, it, enlightened me. It illuminated my thoughts in a way that I I really dealt with the brokenness that I felt. And um, I had to say, okay, these people are living their lives. They have literally moved on. They care nothing. They probably don't even remember what they did to me, what they said to me, you know, um, how they handled me. They don't remember those things or even if they do, they don't care because there is no remorse. There, there's no, there was no, con- like there was no consolation. There was, nobody had said anything. 
out of all of that that I went through, to this day, uh, no one has said anything. Um, and what what really happened for me is I became healed because I said, okay, Darius, you're broken. This is an issue for you. This is an area that you need to heal in. And so I really began to heal by releasing things, by talking about things. Um, I started journaling and just writing out how I felt. Um, journaling and, and just really, really, really walking through that healing process. And um, after I had written all of that down, I burned that book. I burned that journal. Um, and I believe that I'm free because I can see those people now. And I don't I don't recall what they did to me. Um, I don't recall, you know, like I don't have this. I'm going to get you back. You know, you <laughs> So like I just don't have those thoughts because I've forgiven them. So um, to get to that place of healing, um, I really, really had to let people go like mentally. Like I had them bound in my mind, but they were free in the world. Mm-hmm. So I really had to just let them go. I had to, had to say, OK, you know, this is where I am. This is what we're dealing with. We have to, like you said, move straight forward. Can't continue to stay in the same place. So that process of healing took place by me um, acknowledging that I was hurt mm-hmm. and and dealing with that appropriately. Yeah, and you know, I'm so glad that you're, you know, and thank you for your honesty on that because a lot of Christians they don't admit. Oh, I get that admit of these feelings of bitterness and these feelings right. of anger. You know, everyone's right. so righteous all the time. The thing is, is that we do go through things, and that forgiveness is hard. Yeah, and, and I think I think that's why I'm outspoken now. You know, um, you know, uh, you've you've experienced. I try not to cut corners because I just <laughs> believe that people need to know that we don't live in the third heaven. Like we are human. God still has to deal with us. Yes, we preach. Yes, we sing and we lead worship. We do all this great stuff. But there's still a line that can be crossed where you can make me want to go off on you. Right. Like that. That's a reality. And if you can't accept that. Um, Maybe you need more help than I do. <laughs> right. You know? So that's that. Don't get me started. I'm going to stay, you know, good. <laughs> no, trust me. I I understand. And I'm a little bit more curt than you probably are. I don't know. <laughs> so I understand where you're at with that. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing, like, I remember when you first came to our church. Um, and for my listeners and viewers, um, Elder Peterson, he's a really great friend of not just our church, but, you know, of our family and things like that. Um, one of the things that I noticed a difference in you immediately, because I grew up Pentecostal, Church of God in Christ. And so when you grow up in it, you know the politics and you know what people are about. Like, you learn these things, you know. Um, I realized that you weren't just here to preach and that you were actually about ministry, people, and the work. Um, and that was just such a blessing, I think, for so many people. Um, how did you know that showing compassion for people through ministry was your purpose, your destiny, and the call that God placed on your life? Yeah, so easy. It came natural. Um, I, I realized that Ministry is about people. It's a people business. That's that's. I mean, you can't like people. You can't not like people, and be in ministry. It just doesn't. That's why I don't get. I don't get people who say that they're pastors and preachers and ministers. Yet you're mean as a you know junkyard dog. That doesn't make sense. You know you can't say that you are in a people business, and not love people. And so I knew that 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 was. Um, a part of me because it just came natural for me to do. Um, when I see the broken, when I see the hurting, when I see those who need help, um, there is something in me that motivates me to do something about that. Um, even if it's, you know, identifying a resource for that individual and saying, okay, you know what? I don't have what you need, but we're going to make sure that we can find what you need. Okay, so so for me, it's just a natural instinct. If and and if anyone says that they 
are, are in ministry, it should be a natural instinct for them as well to show compassion, um, as that is one of the fruit of the spirit, you know? Um, and so my my key indicator, again, was that it's just natural. It does. I don't have to work up anything to show love to people. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't meet strangers. I, you know, my wife gets on to me all the time because we can go in the mall and I have a whole conversation with somebody I've never seen before. I'm like, yeah, how's your mama? <laughs> you know, how's your daddy? You know, <laughs> my uncle Ray, you know, and I'll just talk to this person for 15, 20 minutes at a time. And my wife's like, do you know them? I'm like, Mm-mm, just met them five minutes ago, you know, 15 minutes ago. But I'm just that individual, you know, and that's just a gift that God has given me to show love and to be moved with compassion. And so um, it's just natural to care. It, it does. I don't have to work up anything. It's not mystical. Um, I don't have to pretend. I think I try my best to be very transparent. Um, you know, I just it's just a natural I don't know. I, I really can't even explain it. It's just a part of who I am. Yeah. It's the way that God is wired. I feel like it's natural for you to be in ministry, and there and there's so many people who do, but they're just so you know mean and you know and all that stuff. And you know, one thing, like I said, you you truly do care about people, and you care about mm-hmm. their heart and their well being, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, so one thing I want to ask you: so in ministry. And again, going back to my Pentecostal roots and, you know, how I grew up, there's a lot of politics, you know, um, that can somewhat be discouraging when you have a specific call in your life or specific things that you need to do. Um, Mm -hmm. What are some obstacles that you've had to come just, you know, in your walk dealing with other people in the ministry? And um, how do you not let that deter you from what God is supposed to do? Oh, wow. (laughs) Look. Call the police, the ambulance, everybody. Listen. Call the ambulance. Um, look, call them. Put the siren out. <laughs> so, wow. Um, many barriers. Um, but I would say one of the biggest ones, Takira, has really been my age. Um, some people just cannot get past I was born, past the fact that I was born in 1996. Um, they just, you know, they, they can't get get past that. And so that's been one of the biggest barriers. But I will say this, um, while that may serve as a barrier initially, um, once they see the fruit of the work and the fruit of the ministry that God has given me and, and what he's gifted my hands to do, there comes not a demand for respect, but an earned respect. Um, and I, I, I walk in humility um, I understand that, you know, um, some people can't think they can't listen to me because I, I'm normally half their age, you know, and in some cases more than half their age. You know, they have children that are older than me. And so um, age can serve as a as an as, as an extreme barrier. Um, also. Um, lack of relativity sometimes can serve as a barrier. Um, because I, while, and I I think that I'm blessed to have the best of both worlds. I know what it means to be in the church and I know what it means to live on the street as well, you know? And so I can relate either way, you know? So sometimes people can't get past my story and that I'm so transparent with that. Um, I will tell you where I came from, um, without any hesitancy. Because I feel like people need to know that they need to know the truth, and so sometimes um, while it shouldn't serve as a barrier, truth, you know, is is one of the things that that serves as a barrier um, for 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 ministry period. Um, but in this regard, I would say my age being the biggest biggest barrier, and, and I don't know, maybe you have the answer why people feel like people younger than them can't you know can't tell them something new. Or, you know, or teach them something. Um, I've yet to understand that. Um, But I know that it's become one of my missions and one of my personal uh, motivations to prove people wrong, that all young people are not ignorant. We're not all, you know, um, learning all the time, ever learning, which we are, but we do have knowledge in some things. And so, um, one of my motivations is to to 
you know, let people know that we know stuff, you know, you don't have to be taught all the time, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, listen, I was gonna say, child, you tell me, I don't know the answer either. I, no. you know, I, um, grown up, you know, in the church and, you know, sometimes people just don't think you know enough just because you're younger than them and that you haven't experienced anything or that you don't have anything to bring to the table. And, you know, hopefully people are, I'm, I'm thinking that people in, in churches are starting to evolve a little bit more and be, you know, more receptive and more open, but, you know, my guess yeah, is as good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. I, I mean, even look at the current state of the church. Um, they have no choice. Quite frankly, um, your deacon that's seven, eight years old doesn't know anything about StreamYard, YouTube, and Facebook Live. You know, like right. you need young people. You need people that are tech savvy um, to help you do ministry during this time. So um, I just love personally how the roles have reversed. Like I, I, I absolutely love that. You know, now you need us, you know, if you, you know, <laughs> exactly saying. Exactly. I completely agree with that. Um, one thing I want to ask you, and this is getting a little bit off topic and, and we'll come back. Um, so there's a lot, what I, what I've sensed, um, and you know, with people that I deal with or people that I come across social media is that there truly is a hunger out here to get, to, to receive Christ for, to learn about God, to have a relationship with him. There really is. I think the problem that a lot of people run into there's maybe two or three different scenarios right so for one you grew up in church like your entire life where you went to church monday tuesday Wednesday, thursday friday saturday and you were told how things were going to be you never got a chance to live so you're kind of burnt out from church right um the second scenario is that like you know maybe <clears throat> we've experienced some type of church hurt you know, we've gone to a church and they said something crazy or did something crazy. Or three, <laughs> um, church scandals, you know, and particularly in the black church. Um, what would you say to people that are struggling with these things who really desire a relationship with God, but maybe they're trying to overcome these barriers? Mm -hmm. I would say, I would say to care honestly, pursue God. Forsaking everything else, pursue God. Um, you know, one thing about me is I can, I can, you know, um, I can preach in the pulpit, but then I can go to the corner and preach as well because I'm not pushing a denomination. I'm not pushing a doctrine. I'm not pushing a perspective, but I'm pushing Jesus. And that's it, him alone. And so um, I think that while the, the assembly of the saints is necessary, uh, especially for the believer to be strengthened, I do not believe that it is the sole factor in whether someone is saved or not. Whether you go to church, whether you sing in the choir, what I don't believe uh, none of that matters. When you when you die, you know, uh, and you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, He's not going to ask you, "Did you sing in the choir? Did you mm -hmm. go to Sunday school? Did you go?" Right. No, He's going to your works are going to be judged contingent upon your relationship with Him. And so, my encouragement would be to pursue Jesus, forsaking everything else, pursue God, and and when you do that. He'll, he'll lead you as to, okay, this is your next step. This is what I'm requiring of you. If it means that you're partnering with a local assembly, he'll lead you to do that. But more than anything, ensure that your soul salvation is secure. Be, be very sure that if you were to die today, mm -hmm. that you know that you'd meet your maker in peace. And so right. that would be my encouragement. I, Pursue Jesus, forsaking everything else. Yes, pursue it by any means necessary. There's plenty of stuff on YouTube and social media now you can get into. Um, Ministry, right at the fingertips. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. I've even heard people joining churches in other states and in other places now. In yeah. um, our ministry, for example, um, our pastor weeks ago um, asked me to, um, you know, look into launching our e-church. And we have members at our church um, and we're in one geographical location 
and they are in North Carolina, in Pennsylvania, you know, all over the United States. Uh, we even have um, members that join us from Korea um, and worship with us on Sundays, log into our Zoom meetings and you know, um, they, they are a part of our fellowship without being geographically close to us. So I just believe that God has granted us this opportunity and we have to really take advantage of the season that we're in. Um, ministry is changing. It's different. We got to meet people where they are. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Thanks for that advice. Um, now, jumping back over to you. So one of the things I know about you is that you have a very strong gift of prophecy. Um and not for fake fake or for play play, you know, some people give themselves the title, I'm a prophet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All these things are actually, you know, a true prophet. How did you discover that you actually had that gift? Um, it, it came through a series of events, actually. Um, mm -hmm. When I was younger, and of course, going through transition from, from with being with my grandmother to uh, being with my mother, um, I, of course, of course, had more time to really, really lean and depend on God and, and really strengthen my relationship with him. And so it became um, normal for me to hear the voice of God. And at that age, I didn't understand exactly what it was. I knew that I was filled with the Holy Spirit, um, but I didn't understand the gift, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge uh, at that time. And so uh, for me, it, it just happened over uh, over a, a a series of events and over a period of time, and so um, as I grew, I became sharper. Should I say? Um, I, I began to really know the voice of God and know when it was God speaking. Um, I can remember in high school, um, the Lord would tell me to walk down this hallway and do this and do that. I'm like, oh, well, why am I doing this? And lo and behold, there might have been a fight or something, you know on one hall or if it was just very, very simple things that I kind of grew in um, to hearing the voice of God and obeying. And so um, as, as I grew in ministry, of course, I identified what that was and I began to pray and ask God to sharpen that gift um, and to allow me to use it for his glory and for his honor. And so um, many times, and I'm sure you know this, I won't speak unless he gives me um, permission to do so because everything that God shows us is not for us to share. Um, and so with my prophetic gifting uh, and my gifts of the spirit being the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, um, I share as the Holy Spirit leads me to. And um, when he says speak, I speak, uh, but it definitely took some training for that. Um, spiritually, you know, you got to know when to be quiet, when to talk, because he might tell you something that he wants you to pray about and not necessarily tell the individual about. And I, of course, had to learn from that as well. Sometimes, you know, um, when I was younger, the Lord would show me stuff about folks that I didn't even know. And would be like, why are you in my business? You know, <laughs> and so um, I just had to, you know, kind of learn and, and, and really, really be sensitive to the voice of the Father. Um, what advice can you give about prophecy for, um, and, and the reason I'm asking is, you know, especially when you're newly saved, like sometimes prophecies, you know, people come out with a left field and all this stuff, um, you know, specifically for people listening and viewing that may be newer in their walk, what should they know? Because sometimes, you know, I guess to be real about it, Darius, um, not everybody you know, is a prophet. And if they are, sometimes what they may be telling you, it could be, they could be translating it out of context or mm -hmm. again, it may not be the right time. You know, there's a lot of different factors that go into this. It's, you know, all in God's timing. Um, what advice would you give to them and, and how do they know that this is truly coming from God? Right. Um, you know, honestly, I would encourage an individual to pray. Um, oftentimes when one is receiving a word, um, it is a bit different because you're like, okay, how do you know this? You know, it's, it's really a shocker. It can be. Um, and, and my, my admonishment to anybody would be to pray and seek the Lord for yourself and ask God to prove his word. And, and the scriptures tell us 
you know, um, that things it's it's very easy to identify whether word comes from the Lord or not. Um, if it comes to pass, that that person that spoke it is a prophet. And if it doesn't come to pass, um, that person is what a false prophet is really, really easy. Um, but my admonishment again to the the new believer uh, would be to definitely pray and seek the Lord as to what he's saying concerning you, because the same thing that God told you, told that individual, excuse me, he will tell you if you press into him. If you go in prayer and seek the Lord consistently about what it is that, that's been spoken, uh, he'll reveal it to you. Um, but you got to be got to be willing to put in that work to do that, to stay in prayer and lay before God and actually train yourself to hear the voice of God for yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's very important. Can you also provide, you know, some tips on just how to study? I, I think, you know, some people are so reluctant because, you know, especially if you've grown up in a certain church or you go and you see how people are, like they're so deep and like they know all these things. And so you're thinking, oh my God, I have to pray 24 seven. I got to, you know, repent 24 seven. I got to do all these things 24 seven, um, which I think as a new believer is, you can do those things, but it's, it's probably unrealistic and it's not going to be a routine that you keep regularly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've heard you give some tips before, but could you share a little bit? Yeah. Um, on how to study. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I, I can just talk about me. So, for example, um, the way that that I began studying was identifying things that I didn't know. Saying, OK, what are some some things that I don't know? Um, and then, of course, diving into the word to see what the word has to say about those things. And it doesn't have to be religious stuff. You know, it doesn't have to be anything deep. And I think that's that's what happens most of the time to care is people get um, they get discouraged because we so deep. It doesn't have God. It's not, you know, while there are mysteries in God, he don't want us, in, you know, in the mystery all the time. Sometimes he wants us to be very practical, like father. What do you have to say about how I use my time? So then you go in the word and you get you a concordance or you find you a devotional or you find something that somebody has already studied and written or, or you know, or something, literature. You find that about time. And as you study, the word of God becomes ingrained in you. It's called hiding the word of God in your heart. And so as you study those scriptures, you'll be able to recall them because you've studied them. Um, and when I say study, I'm not saying that you're, you know, literally somewhere like I'm in my home office now. I'm not in here 24 seven, you know, in the books and reaching back and getting books off my book. I'm not doing that. No, I have um, scriptures taped on my driver's uh, dashboard in my car. I have a scripture on my refrigerator. So the word is always before me. I've um, even at times written scriptures on my bathroom mirror. So when I wake up in the morning, that's one of the first things, especially if it's, you know, um, something that I know that I need the Lord to work on me with. For example, I'll tell you the truth right about now. I'm working on the Lord. I'm asking the Lord to help me to brighten my tongue and keep the door of my lips. <laughs> that I ain't supposed to say. You follow what I'm saying? So I have to I have to keep the word of God before me in that. OK, when I go in my bathroom, I know that scripture is written on my bathroom mirror. When I go when I sit down at my desk at work, you know, and little Johnny done tried me for the fourth time to have to look over at that scripture and say, OK, this, <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? It's the very typical things. You don't have to be deep. You don't have to. And, and while, yes, we should set aside a time for study. It's about keeping the word before you and actually making an application uh, of the word for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. and that's definitely good to know um, for yourself, because I, you know, I, I think, you know, specifically in black churches, like there's mm -hmm. not very many preachers and elders that actually go to seminary and, and understand, you know, how to study. And, and there's been certain passages of scripture that I've heard literally taught wrong, you know, <laughs> Um, and so you actually dig into it and you go back and read the full chapter and you, you wow. kind of learn about the history of what was happening then, the context, different terms they use, and it starts to make more sense to you. So, you know, it's definitely 
important to get that understanding for yourself. Right. I think one thing I actually liked, um, so I remember this might have been right before you left. It was um, during the consecration. Yeah, consecration. We I did remember. Prayer, um, which I actually really enjoyed because I don't go to a ton of services and stuff. Um, because I'm not overly like religious per se. I believe in being saved, but I'm not doing a ritual. It's not me. Um, <laughs> but I came and, and one thing that you said that was really encouraging for me um, was just, you know, setting some time, even if it's like 10 or 15 minutes just of a day, um, just starting where you start and then you build on that, which I thought was really great. So. Mm -hmm just for your prayer life, even if it's five minutes, just stick with those five minutes and then you keep adding more. Um, right. You know, and that's one thing that, that we really, 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 really need to do better. Um, we teach people that they have to be super saved overnight. It doesn't work. Um, that's how they get burnt out. That's how they get discouraged. You know, like it's a process. Like you said, start with five minutes, you know. Um, that's one thing that I, I teach new converts, you know, especially those that are um, up and coming, you know, you don't have to spend an hour because I don't, I don't spend an hour, you know, laying before God and, and, you know, in study. No, I spend about 45 minutes here and there, you know. Um, but for a, a new convert, that five minutes is going to make a, a world of a difference. Mm -hmm. um, and you, like you said, you build on that. I'm surprised you remember that. Oh, I remember the things I need to be remembered, honey. I remember them. <laughs> but that was literally like, that was like the one thing I remember walking away from because sometimes, you know, especially if you're struggling in a walk or if you're brand new to it or, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with, it, mm -hmm. it can feel overwhelming when you're in a group of people who can pray elaborately and they use these big words and you know, not only do they use these big words, they're spending hours doing this stuff, you know, <laughs> it could be a little overwhelming at times. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so just knowing that, you know what, God just wants consistency from you, no matter what it is, just being consistent and then building upon that and continuing. And simplicity. Right. Mm -hmm. He appreciates the small things. And mm -hmm. so uh, I think that's really important for people to know. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Definitely been a blessing in my life. <laughs> Um, what do you want people to know about religion, church religion, and being saved? Hmm. Well, um, what do I want people to know? To keep the main thing the main thing. In that, in all that you do, um, do it to the glory of God. Church, religion, being saved. Um, whatever you do, be sure that um, you're keeping the main thing, the main thing. Do it for yourself. Do it because you love God. Do it because it's something that um, that you feel motivated to do um, and not out of religion or ritual because that, you know, that doesn't profit you anything. And so, mm -hmm. you know, just really, again, keeping the main thing, the main thing. If you say that you know, this is a way that you're going to walk and this is a way that you're going to choose to live in and you're going to live to please God. Do that. Um, and if you're not, don't. That's your choice. You know, and I know that's probably not something common to say, um, but God made us free more agents. You, you don't have to be forced to do anything. And so if you're going to live to please God, live to please God. Uh, but keep the main thing, the main thing. Don't become distracted by all the antics and the the religiosity of things, the things that people tell you have to do. Um, love God, love people. Um, live live by the principles that he's established in his word and keep the main thing, the main thing. That's all I would say, Kara. No, I 100% agree. Cause I mean, at the end of all of this, you know, we're gonna have to face God, not the rest mm -hmm. of these people. So yeah. keep the main thing, the main thing. I really appreciate that. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, you know, just really be encouraged. I, I know that, um, you know, my story, 
I, I did kind of hit on it a little bit, uh, and it's exhaustive, definitely not enough time to share everything. Um, but one thing that I want to encourage you with is in Mark chapter nine and verse 23, it says Jesus was speaking uh, to a group of people to care. And he said, all things are possible to them that believe all things. Um, doesn't matter where you come from, what you've done, uh, where you are right now in your life. Um, if you can think about it, if you can put your mind to it, definitely um, it's something that God can use for his glory. So uh, again, all things are possible to them that believe you're looking at somebody who was supposed to be a statistic. Um, I wasn't supposed to be a college graduate. I wasn't supposed to be a high school graduate. I wasn't supposed to uh, graduate with three years of college and, and you know, uh, go to brick and mortar for one year and then uh, go on to complete my master's degree and be one of the youngest teachers in my district and pursuing a doctoral degree. I'm just not supposed to be that individual uh, contingent upon what people have said and what people thought, but it is the plan of the Lord that will prevail uh, and his plan for you. His plan for me is perfect. Um, just want to encourage you to continue believing. Don't stop believing whatever you do. Don't lose your dream. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your faith. Um, just keep moving straight forward. Uh, press through, persevere, uh, because in the end, it will uh, give a great reward. Yes, that's definitely beautiful. And I feel like in that little bit, that's your story of redemption. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, so um, those of you watching um, on the streaming bar below, some of his information, where can people find you and follow right. you? So I am on Facebook uh, under Darius Peterson Ministries. Um, I'm on Twitter at, at It's Mr. Peterson, and I'm on Instagram with Saint.Pete underscore. So um, that's where I am. And our website is launching www.dariuspeterson.com. Um, there you'll be able to find more information about me. And I'm so excited about that website launch. Um, also on social media platforms, like I just mentioned, I'm there. Um, reach out to me. I'm happy to converse and share and just uh, love on you virtually. And so uh, if there's ever anything that I can do to, um, you know, be of, of encouragement to anyone, you know, let me know. Um, I'm open to care knows. I'm, like I said, I'm a people's person, so um, I don't meet strangers. And so <laughs> I am um, available open and thank you to Kara for this opportunity. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm just excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. Y'all please make sure you go follow him. And when I say this young man is powerful, powerful, powerful. Okay. He's not making up stuff. He's not pulling stuff from somewhere else or somebody else's message. He truly, truly has an amazing word to share. He really does. So make sure that you go and follow him. And also, you're not even talking about the other thing. You're a podcaster. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> so um, I have been afforded the opportunity to uh, launch a podcast as well uh, called Think on These Things. It is available on all platforms, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, Anchor, you know, so on and forth. So definitely check that out. Um, again, it's Think on These Things, wherein we... Um, you know, challenge the mind and we cause the thinking to be expanded. And so uh, I'm excited about that as well. Can I mention uh, the book, The Currency of Becoming? Um, so that is uh, uh, my story, uh, my um, story of triumph, not being a victim, but being the victor. And so I'm grateful and I'm excited about that um, as it is coming to the forefront. I know it's been a while, uh, but I'm excited to, to see how that will bless people and, and just really get get the story out there and motivate and encourage someone that the that you know their experiences warrant them becoming who they are today. So thank you. Thank you for the reminder to care. I appreciate that. Gotta, you know, <laughs> let these people know what's going on. <laughs> so awesome. Make sure that you guys check in with him. The podcast is awesome. Everything that he has going on is amazing and it's definitely gonna bless your life. Make sure that, again that you're following the podcast VFTV um, on social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook. I'm still trying to learn Twitter, but you can follow that. I'll get it one day. And uh, <laughs> YouTube, make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, share, all those good things. And also make sure you sign up for Patreon so you can, you know, pop in live and, and talk to us throughout the show. So make sure you do that. 
as usual, I always like to um, close with a, a small quote. And honestly, I don't know who wrote this, but I thought it was good. Um, so it says, the purpose of your time here on earth is not primarily about acquiring possessions, attaining status, achieving success, or experiencing happiness. Those are secondary issues. Life is all about love with God and with other people. You may succeed in many areas, but if you fail to learn how to love God and love others, you have missed the reason why God created you. Wow. Yes. So that was my quote for the show. And other Peterson, can you close us out with a little short prayer? Sure. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this opportunity to share. And we thank you for those that are listening and Father, placing this vision within Takara and for those that are supporting. Father, we again thank you for this conversation and what you've allowed us to share tonight. We pray that the ears were blessed and that the hearts were blessed and encouraged by way of what was spoken tonight. We pray your continued blessings upon this podcast and those that are listening. And we pray that as they continue to move forward, that you will prosper them and all that their hands set forth to do. And we give you praise. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Until next time. Thank bye. you again. <laughs>